Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second edition one how you guys doing hey not bad i just i'm just gonna be over here reading okay uh how's uh sea rider falcon is that uh yeah you finally reading that last chapter it's my favorite. I'm, I'm finally going to see how it ends. Oh, good. Good, good, good. I'm just going to be yelling at a lady in a pile of goo. So it's just a typical Wednesday night dear, for you. <laughs> with my dear friend Baltimore. That's right. That's right. Oh, Not the first or last time, huh? Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. And they have a plan. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I am your host and acting SC1 actual Kitsy. And I'm all by myself because uh, somewhere floating around in a raptor by himself is the former uh, admiral of the podcast, Caleb. Yeah, hi. Well done. This is very good. Thank you. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. And uh, somewhere off on a Cylon base star with Gaius Baltar and others uh, is the president of the podcast, The Twelve Colonies and Our Hearts, Andrea. (laughs) This is very good. I wanted to have something to say. Wait, wait. Can I take that that again? Just your your intro, Andrea? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And off on a Cylon base star, yelling at a lady in a puddle of goo, it's the president of the 12 <laughs> Colonies, the podcast, and our hearts, Andrea. So a uh, typical Wednesday for me, huh? <laughs> oh, that was the joke I used before we started rolling, and then you, you used it yeah. on me. Okay, no, that's good. I like that. You used my but, joke. I thought we were doing a little swipsy swap. No, no, no it was like a Freaky right. Friday thing. You're right. You're right. You just, you never know what uh, what's going to make it in from the B-roll either, so sometimes you just, you got to take the shot and make the joke you know what now that you say that i'm gonna sometimes you have to roll the hard six um i'm gonna <laughs> include our our previously on is going to be me making the joke fantastic intro is going to be you making the fantastic joke. i love that for us that's so good um i love that journey for us i'm gonna be i'm gonna <laughs> be honest uh caleb this is as far as my leadership skills go 
if you don't take back over from here, we're going to have a bad episode. So in the interest of uh, our listeners, I would like to request that you resume command of the podcast from your uh, from your raptor there floating around in space, if you don't mind. All right, XO, I relieve you. Thank you. I mean, I you was remember- going to say I could do it, but I'm genuinely confused about a few things in this episode. So uh, I was going to say, should... you remember how bad it was last time you left me in charge. So, <laughs> Caleb, are I, you I sober, still feel though? Like, I still feel like there's something you're not telling us. So anyway, <laughs> previously on Battlestar Galactica. So a couple episodes ago, the, uh, the president and former president Baltar, uh, as well as uh, several of the, the Galactic crew members, and you know, thinking of uh, Hilo in particular, uh, had made their way over to the Cylon base ship in preparation for the assault on the Resurrection Hub. Uh, when the moment the hybrid is, uh, is plugged back in, it panics and jumps away, and the fleet is left without this uh, without half the uh, half the Galactica crew, uh, and without the the other uh, major assault ship in the uh, the planned attack on the hub. And then Lee became president. Was, no, there was, there was something else. I was, yeah, I mean, yeah, Lee, Lee became president. There there was another thing that I wanted to to cover in there, and I don't remember, and it doesn't matter. Yet again, another uh, president that was not elected. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. You know why I don't don't remember because I've just been so wrapped up in my book because uh, the admiral stayed behind as the the fleet jumped away to continue the search for Earth. Uh, the admiral stayed behind in a raptor by himself with just a copy of Sea Rider Falcon because he knew he knew that Laura was going to come back to him. He just knew it. Well, not only that, but uh, as as he said to Lee, uh, because he can't live without her. He can't live without her. Can't live without her. Which was just such oh, I know, crushingly sweet moment. Space mom and dad. And you know what? We, we've, uh, we've gone back and forth a lot lately on the problematic nature of the Rosalind presidency and the directions <laughs> that she has gone in her you know, never-ending crusade to, to safeguard the, the future of humanity. For better or worse, her intentions are good, but in the, her actions maybe not so much. She is getting some real humanization and mm-hmm. learning some some tough lessons, uh, and I love it. And this episode really does. There's a couple of side stories, and they're, you know they they are very interesting. But so much of this episode, like, really centers around Laura Roslin and where she's at as a as a character as a person in this story. Uh, and we get to to really kind of like dig deep into why she is the way she is right now and like what like what her uh emotional and mental state is uh so we should get into that so we see the the hybrid jumps away because it detects the death of natalie the six that was on the on the galactica as kind of the the leader of the the silent rebels uh and is kind of like an emissary to the to the humans the hybrid detects that uh that death Presumably translates it as an attack and mm-hmm. decides to jump the, the ship away, which, uh, if I remember correctly, she's not supposed to be able to do. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, interestingly enough. Wait. Wait. Can you say. 
why wouldn't she be able to do it? Hold on. I'm confused. I, just, I, I feel like there was a, just kind of a, like a passing comment, like nothing like really like significance, but them saying essentially that the hybrid isn't supposed to be able to just make a jump on her own. Mm. Oh, that it has to be like, like decided like or whatever. Suppo- yeah. yeah. And, that makes sense. Um, I buy it. Yeah. Like, I know I could probably find. No, 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 no. While you're looking for that, something I found interesting yeah. is I, I want to go back to the, the episode where this actually happened and rewatch it and see if it's the same. But when they were doing the little like replay flashback of the hybrid doing the jump, as she's talking, she says uh, in amongst her gibberish, the six is in the stream. Yeah. Right before she says jump. So um, in the version that I watched, it definitely didn't have that. So I, I think that what yeah. they did was just give us more context mm-hmm. this episode. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was actually, I had it reversed because uh, they later on as, as they're trying to figure out like, how do we go back? Why? Like, why can't, because the, the ship keeps jumping. The mm-hmm. hybrid keeps uh, jumping yeah. and it seemingly is in a panic and um, everyone is trying to get her to stop. And one of the silence says, it doesn't work like that. She makes her own decisions. So I had it right. yeah, flipped go. around. So, And they can't so unplug pres- her now because even though they could before, because now apparently she's wired into the life support. Yes, she's wired herself into li- the life support. Uh, what a convenient little thing that just happened yeah. to happen. In her gibberish, you hear her like now saying circulation, ventilation, control. filters filters yep something that i do sort of appreciate about the show is that like i really am fine as long as you give me a reason like why can't she because she's wired into life support now i feel like there are a lot of shows where they would just let that kind of sit and be like "Uh, we're just we're just going to pretend that that's like now something like i don't need it to make in our world sense here here's the thing about it that doesn't make sense to me is the hybrid, I believe in the past, they said controls all functions of the ship. Mm-hmm. So what was controlling life support up until this point? So I would say that she probably has control of all functions, but wasn't necessarily directly linked to the control of all functions. As in, like, w- without a hybrid, life support would still continue but while the hybrid is connected it has access to the life support system right because okay uh, you probably don't need the life support system to be running unless you need it right and she's the one who needs it right now so it's kind of like a uh, it's like you don't need me for your mainframe to operate but i'm in it so <laughs> all, all up in that mainframe. <laughs> sorry andrea i'm confused you're saying they don't normally need the life support to operate when they say life support, do they mean like all of the regular functions of, or do they mean life support? Like when we say they're on life support as in it's like an auxiliary thing that life support is like the air supply and like ventilation and like temperature regulation. It's like, think of it as like climate regulation, making it actually livable inside. Right. Okay. You know, all um, that stuff that keeps humans from dying in space. Well, yeah, but I didn't and know Cylons, if it was, well, too. hold on. Yeah. Because there aren't, the Cylons don't need a ship that keeps humans alive in space. Well, the typically. humanoid Cylons do. So, but um, my, my, I was, mm, hmm. it does, it really doesn't matter for <laughs> what we're talking about now, but I was just thinking of it 
working differently for the hybrid in this moment than it was before, which was a good enough reason for me. Yeah. Was it like because it's working differently now? That's why it's working differently. Fair. <laughs> Just That's the all. the self preservation uh, inherent in in this character of the hybrid too. Like as soon as she's back online, well, I'm gonna make it so they can't take me off again. I mean yeah. that well that that tracks. Yeah, like, that's kind of what I mean. Is that like I hadn't really thought about. I was thinking of it like life support is doing whatever it's doing without her, whenever, mm-hmm. whether she's running it or not. Like. Like, I could be in control of, if I worked at a hospital, I could be in control of the life support there and then also need to be on the life support. And then if I were the one, the only one who could control the life support, you better keep me on life support. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that's kind of how I was I was taking it. Yeah. That's, She's I making mean, use of the thing that she was controlling. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough for me. <laughs> I love that there's this little bit of uh, competitiveness between um, Rosalind and Baltar, too, as they're both trying to communicate with the hybrid. And Baltar's like, no, it's okay. I've done this before. I've knelt here by this pool a hundred times. Have you? I know how to talk to her. And then it just starts yelling. Well, I, I love that, too, because Rosalind's like, I'm doing the same thing you are. And he's like, no, actually, you're not. Because if you notice, I'm opening myself up to her. And like he's being very pretentious about it. And it's just... He is so fucking self-important and pretentious in this episode, more so than usual, because usually he's pretty high (laughs) on that chart. But this episode, he's just like, and I love it, too, because towards the beginning, like he keeps saying, like, well, I could talk to her as like Rosalind and Hilo are trying to figure out what to do. And she's like, shut up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like no one's listening to him. And he's just like, "But, but I could do it. Look at me. Look at me. I can do it. It's so funny. I love their I love their dynamic in general just watching the two of them go back and forth but especially in this episode because Mm -hmm. like I mean she's right they are both just shouting at and it's like the other thing though is that like Rosalind you and in many ways you are a better person than Baltar but at the end of the day the two of you are approaching this the exact same way Mm -hmm. like you can't pretend to be any better than him when the two of you are just shouting at this gooey lady and expecting something to happen they oh also, my. neither one of them asked the silence for any help about how to communicate with yeah. her. Yeah. Which is great because the silence are just like, well, best not to get involved. Well, because the silence <laughs> know. They know. They're like, the, you can't talk mm-hmm. to it. You just can't. Um, so funny. Which I also, I think it's really interesting that there's a lack of consistency in the way that they address the, the hybrid as well. Uh, in like the very first uh time when, when Rosalind says plug it in i need to talk to it she she uses the the it the derogatory mm-hmm. um but in later times after the hybrid comes online and Rosalind sees the hybrid speaking and interacting and like having like clear emotions she suddenly refers to her only as her uh, i wonder if that's intentional and baltar kind of alternates yeah. Balternates. He balternates. He balternates. <laughs> it's sometimes I get real proud of myself, but then when one of you makes the same joke and I and I don't like it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's bad. I just liked it because I thought it first, but not. Welcome to my world. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, when you were t- 
uh, talking earlier about the the two of them just kind of shouting all, over each other. All I could think of was the one debate. Will you shut up, man? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say all you could think of was hosting a podcast with me and kids. All I could think, of, is, all I could think of is this show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But oh, God. something else is happening as the uh, the hybrid continues to make these these jumps, and you know the crew doesn't know where uh, or whatnot. Uh, but in the we'll call it the space between whatever happens. The space between. The <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Whatever happens during a jump, whether it's a folding, a wrinkling, a warping, a piercing, a, like, super fast, whatever it is, uh, there's a, a moment where Laura seems to step out of time and she has you know, visions and experiences of herself basically on an empty Galactica. Empty except for one person. Alosha's back! My girl Alosha! She's got more pages to write. <laughs> mm, that's right. She's well, like, and oh. Alosha's... Pythia, uh, I got more more Pythia. It, it turns out there were some lost chapters. I found them here in my pen. Um, <laughs> Caleb's really dead. Spit take. Caleb died. Caleb's trying desperately not to spit out his water, but he's going to do it. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. Here it comes. Caleb, he can't do it. Oh, he's taking his headphones off. That's not fair. That's cheating. That's cheating. He's a cheater. He's a big, he's a big dumb cheater. Hi. Hi. You made it. I made it. I took way too big of a sip right before you said that. I don't remember what I said. What did I say? I don't either. It was me. Thank you. Oh, that's why I don't remember. I think it was me. Because I wasn't listening to you. Right. Oh. Um, but she, yeah, Alosha's back. She's got more lost pages of Pythia that she found somewhere in her diary, her own diary, handwritten. But she says something interesting at the very beginning of that because Rosalind remarks on the ship being empty. And mm-hmm. Alosha says something like, it's easier. Do it, you have the. It looks bigger that way or it feels bigger that way. She says bigger? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's okay, too either, jumbled either for me way, to find that exact line, but that, yeah. That's fine. But either way, she makes it sound as if there's like a, like she made the choice for it to appear to that way, is how it sounded to me. Yeah. She was like, remar- right, it wasn't just like, yep, <laughs> so it is, um, which I thought was was interesting considering what we know about um, Cylons and, and how they choose to manifest reality around them. That's true. That was my first thought when I saw this. I was like, is mm-hmm. this some sort of like silent projection? Um, but yeah, Alosha also doesn't try to explain why it, the galactic is empty and it, except for the two of them. But what she does do is as they're you know walking and talking, she kind of so slowly and subtly leads Rosalind to the sick bay where she sees a patient out lying on one of the, the beds and surrounded by, a uh, few people, notably the Admiral and Lee in Starbuck. And Alosha walks up to the body and we see that, it, that it's Rosalind, presumably dying from her cancer. And she says, you know, don't you just hate these people? And, you know, Laura, like the, the you know, current here and now character, says, you know, tries to say no. And Alosha says, but you don't love them either. The people in this room are the closest thing you've got to family. And you've been their president. We watch them try watch them try to comfort each other. At least you haven't taken that away from them yet. You didn't rob them of their empathy yet. You just don't make room for people anymore. 
you don't love people. Uh, and we see her just like piercing right through Rosalind's heart of stone. And you know, she doesn't so she doesn't break just yet, but like that's like that's a, a pretty impressive opening shot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'd never thought about it before, but I think Alosha's right. It I really hadn't thought of because I know that you know um, Ty has said it before about her having ice in her veins, and I've agreed with him a lot. But that doesn't mean that she's incapable or not incapable, but isn't a, a loving person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she can be very warm sometimes, but but mm-hmm. other than possibly Adama, um, which you know we'll come back to later this episode, I don't know that there's anybody I'd say that that she has. Even like, you know, Billy Ray Cylon, maybe when he was around, she was really yeah. heartbroken at, at his loss. I think maybe she and and then I was also thinking when she said that, other than Rosalind's mom, who all we really know about her is that she died from the same cancer that is killing Rosalind right now. We yeah. don't really know much about her background, right? I no, mean she no. was having an affair with the with what's his face and Adar. Was Adar, yeah. And and otherwise that's like really all we know, which it hadn't um occurred to me at all. So this was a really interesting. It was nice of them to bring somebody who had some like cosmic uh wisdom to share with us, uh and, and a little more access to to Rosalind's mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Rosalind even like says if you're my subconscious or something like that. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's oh, yeah. A, a, a clever observation on her part. And I, I think it, it, it had to have started in her you know, days in politics of, like, fighting to get anything done at all and you know, trying to be, like, that, like, stone-cold exterior there and carry through when she suddenly found herself, you know, in charge of everybody and didn't, you know, put up that wall, especially knowing that mm-hmm. you know, she had this secret that, you know, she was dying from cancer and nobody else knew it at the time. So she just, you know, threw up that wall and, like, wasn't letting anyone through no matter how much shit they all went through together and like you know the kinds of things that normally do bond people i mean that's like any show like this that's that like trauma bonding that we always see and she doesn't really do much of it except for maybe with the admiral but even that she hasn't really been as as warm to him as she could be um but we immediately come back to Reality, I don't know, regular space after the jump. And <laughs> the Cylons are frantically trying to figure out where they're going. And you know, one of them suggests that, you know, she thinks that, I think it's a, one of the eights, says, I think we're going towards the hub. Uh, so that means the, the mission's probably still on. Mm-hmm. So they have to start planning for, for how to do that. And, uh, and the problem is they have no idea how close or far they are from the hub or when they'll get there. So they just kind of have to be ready to rock at yeah. any given moment. They just keep bouncing, bouncing. The the hybrid picks up the the location and then keeps following it, but they have no idea if they're like right on its, its trail or if it's weeks ahead or what. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of countdown, but they've yeah. sort of, you know, futzed with it in a way to make it a little more obfuscated. Uh, oh, okay, okay, fancy, yeah. <laughs> And of course, uh, Hilo is uh, largely in charge of uh, planning the the op, and you know, he, yeah, he Sorry. he's not too thrilled about the idea of having to actually go onto that uh, ship and find a Deanna and 
bring her back. But he's even less thrilled when he hears what the uh, the president's plan is, which is to have him bring the the three directly to her, bypassing the agreement that the humans and Cylons should meet at her at the same time to all learn about the the final five. And you know he's he's not thrilled with that. He you know he's, it's it's a breach of the the trust that they just established. And we know Hilo. He's He's just trying to keep everyone together. Mm. He wants to keep the family together. He really he does. Really, uh, yeah. There's also a weird moment for Hilo when the eight that is there with them on the base star, uh, I think she like rubs his back a certain way or something. Yes. Um, and he's like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? Because... <laughs> um, what he said was that that Athena learned to do that, do that in a certain way. She didn't know how to do it initially, and that's when the eight confesses that she was curious about Athena. So the last time Athena downloaded, she accessed her memories, and so he was like, "Wait, so you have all of Athena's memories?" And she's like, "Yeah." Fucking creepy. And she even I... says, "Like this must feel like a huge violation of trust." Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, it's so funny. <sighs> Though I think it's another one of those things where for, I don't get the impression that, well, eights are a different kind of thing because they are more likely to kind of do their own thing mm -hmm. in general. But I don't get the impression that that would have been, I don't like, I don't think Athena would see that as a violation or betrayal of trust. I don't think any other Cylon would. Um, I think at least within each model, yeah. it seems like it's par for the course. So it's another example of like, just cultures kind of clashing in that way where she wasn't trying to to violate anything. She was curious. She wanted to know. It's yeah. only been useful for them all to have one another's memories and, yeah. and access. And they are all kind of versions of the same person in that collective way that their culture works. And she was able to recognize that for Hilo, it probably wasn't, you know. Wasn't cool. All, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but, but I think, like, it, you know, in, in her defense, uh, you know, Hilo, if you're going to marry a Cylon, you got to assume that all the other models yeah. or all the other versions of that model know everything that your that your wife does. Like, you just, that, that's just an assumption you have to make. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Do you think she, she watched them, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's well, what she was curious about. She's like, I wonder what sex with Hilo is like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now she knows. But I, I love that she, she basically says it like, you know, I I feel it all as though it happened to me. Like, these are my memories now. And, like, that's a, a really, like, mind, mind fucky uh, thought. But um, it also answers a, a question that I know I had, and I feel like it's something that maybe we um, talked about at some point. But, you know, she, she specifically says, I accessed Athena's memories from her last download, which we remember is when she killed herself to get back to the ship to get Hera back. Um, and so that kind of allows us to understand why Athena had so many of Boomer's memories right. when yes. we first met Athena, because she could easily have gone from... Well, no, no. I get that doesn't work because we figured. When out would that she have Boomer had a chance? Well, yeah, I think Boomer she... died after we met Athena. So unless she, like, later goes back and accesses, I think she she had a lot of Boomer's mem like the memories that Boomer was like built with, yeah. right? Like her childhood memories and her well, her like backstory and all that stuff. 
but she also had her memories of the chief. And so oh. that must, that must've been like during a more like active, like connection to the hive. Uh, yeah. I wonder if maybe if the Cylons get close enough, they can download the information. That's gotta be what it was. Cause there were more Cylons around more often than so. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, that there goes that theory. But I, I do think it's really interesting that they can do basically like point in time backups. Uh, it's like Time Machine them. for Cylons. Yeah. Do you think that was the inspiration, or did Time Machine already exist? I don't remember. It must have already existed. Uh, time Machine was introduced with Leopard, which was two thousand five. Release date. February 29th, 2008. Oh, yeah, 2008. That, that was Leopard. That would have been well after this. Mm -hmm. Are Cylons the inspiration for Time Machine? Are, are Mac OS computers Cylons? Hey, nerds. That's actually what the series is, is wrapping up towards. Yes. Computers are just the, the evolution of Cylons. Um, sorry, we, we've been called nerds. What, what's, what, what's, what's wrong? What's happening? Do you not know why I called you nerds? <laughs> Is it, Did you know Because we're not talking <laughs> what, you about were Battlestar just, Galactica? Well, not we no. We are talking about Battlestar Galactica, just in a very roundabout way. Uh -huh. I mean, you can continue. I'm fine. I just wanted you both to know that you're fucking nerds. We, we already knew that. You don't okay, have just, to tell us. We know. Just, just making sure. It's, it's ben, true. It's true. <laughs> um... But yeah, so so where were we? Where were we? Um, I was wondering um, if we think Athena, if Eight watched Athena and Hilo do it, and they yes, yes, hundred percent, hundred percent, absolutely. Um, speaking of Cylon downloads, this whole plan is to get into the the Resurrection Hub, resurrect, or unbox, and resurrect ADN. I mean, the idea being get the whole line, but there's no way they're going to get the whole line off the ship. So theoretically, just get your hands on one and get out of there. Mm -hmm. Well, I think specifically uh, the one that saw the faces of the five. Right, right. So the one that is well, known as Deanna, the three that is known as yes. Deanna. Right. Uh, the idea is to, to, to grab her and, and get the frack out. Um, but Cavill beats him to it. Cavill that decides. That sneaky fuck. I yeah. didn't realize that was something we needed to be worried about. Like, I was like, did we know that he was thinking about this? But we didn't. I mean, like, uh, we could have assumed that maybe, but, yeah. like, but it's not something that anybody else had voiced. Like, we need to make sure we get there before Cavill. Yeah, that hasn't, like, come up. It's like we don't, don't expect him to anticipate that, they're, that the humans or the, or the Cylons, the, the rebels, whatever, would have that idea and, like, actually try to do it. But... I don't think anybody also anticipates that, like, not even thinking about that plan, he has a plan of his own to unbox her line, or at least unbox her, and convince her to sway the others to stop the war. Because he, he knows, like, it, it, it's not going to end well. It's, yeah. it's already gone badly for everybody, mm. and, you know, it's only going to get worse. And he's like, you know, but you know, they're not going to listen to me, but they'll listen to you. And Deanna's like, hell no. <laughs> well, Deanna, Deanna has other plans because when he, when Cavill reveals that the other Cylons uh, are planning to destroy the Resurrection Hub and then no more downloading, um, she says, oh, that'll make this all the more meaningful then and fucking kills him. Yes. 
just oh. like, just gra- she just snaps his neck like yeah, it rolls. with one hand. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. And then the eight, the, the eight that's there, which is Boomer, I believe, actually, it is, is like, well, I better go, and just kind of leaves. Bye bye. Um, and Cavill get like takes his his sleazy creepiness to a, a oh, whole new level right. with this one where, uh, um, you know, he explains that how the the Civil War delineated along uh, model lines, and. Uh, you know, Deanna looks over and is like, well, Boomer's an eight. And he's like, Boomer's my pet eight. My pet. She does what I say he's or something. such a gross old man. Yeah. He's really. He is planting Oh, she's this, seen the light of reason, he says. My pet eight. Which, like, I'm. my hope is that this is laying some groundwork for us for a Boomer to turn to the, like... I, no, not the side of good because we know it's not like good versus evil necessarily, but like for something to happen where this eight goes back to her flock of eights, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and but does something in between now and then to to turn the tide for us, you know, like because she's not stupid, like Boomer. I just can't imagine that hearing him call her his pet eight isn't going to sow some discontent for her, you know. Well, there's another, there's another option here. Um, other than her going puppy back blood. to her, oh, what? That would have been another option. Is that like it was like a thing? Oh no! Uh, what I was gonna say is, um, instead of going back to her flock of eights, she could just run. She could run so far away. She could run all night and day, mm-hmm. but she can't get away. She couldn't get away. Uh, I would like to suggest that Grace Park do a photo shoot with crazy yes, hair yes. and a bunch of different poses and call it Flock of Sharons. Yes, very good. And then she, learn how to play instruments and start an actual Flock of Seagulls cover band. I yes. love that. <laughs> um, I have lost track of how much time we've actually been in an episode, so I'm just going to go ahead and say we have multiple yeah. Dreda's contacts. That's fair. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump uh, probably to the Resurrection Hub, actually, because uh, let's just blow this thing up and uh, <laughs> we'll listen to some ads, and then when we come back, we'll finish up the episode, and then you can all go get on with your day. Get it. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now... Which one is the one with the whales? Four. Hey there, listener. Did you know you're our favorite listener? 
That's right. You're a very special listener. And I, president of the podcast, Andrea, am here with a super secret recommendation just for you. There's another little podcast on our network that you may have heard of, and it's called Left of the Dial. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, talk about a different record they love. They also talk with really amazing guests. For example, a recent episode features New Jersey's second favorite son and king of the DIY comedy scene, Chris Gethard, and me. I was, I was on that one too. Focusing on new and independent music, they're a great way to find your new favorite band. And Left of the Dial is so excited to announce their new live in-studio music series, Left of the Dial Live. Head over to leftofthedial.live to check out recent sessions from the Tisburys, Hit Like a Girl, and Mikey Erg, just to name a few. While you're there, you're going to want to subscribe so you don't miss any of the incredible sessions they've got coming up. And as always, for more information on Left of the Dial Live, the Storyteller series, and all of our other wonderful shows, you can head on over to nsrad.io. Because it's rad. And it's, it's like radio. And we're back. I brought you back to heal us. End this shameful war. Helos. I brought you back for Helo. (laughs) Uh, So the plan is still on. Once uh, once they find the Resurrection Hub, they're going to try to take it out. And they realize, I I think maybe Helo specifically realizes that uh, they try to get close uh, in the in the Vipers. The Cylons are going to recognize them right away, and it's it's going to blow their cover. But if they can somehow sneak through, looking like Cylons, then they they might be able to get close enough to launch the attack. I mean, sooner or later, the Cylons are going to figure out which base star it is, but it at least gets them gets them close enough. So they hatch this really uh, interesting plan where the Vipers are going to be powered off and being towed by. Cylon Raiders. Heavy Raiders. Uh, um, yeah, Heavy Raiders. That's true. Um, and, you know, just wait till they get close enough for the, the Vipers to be within strike range, then blast the cables with small explosives and let the, the Vipers loose and just jump right into the fight. Take out now, the FTL. A, yeah, take out the FTL so that the uh, Hilo and his... Uh, not his Athena, but Athenish uh, can go <laughs> complete the mission of getting Deanna and uh, you know get the get the hell out of there um, before the the resurrection hub gets blown up. Uh, and it's a really fucking cool plan, and I like it a lot. But the uh, the Viper pilots don't. Nope. Nope. They are not cool with it. They're super shitty about it. They they're real shitty about it. And, which is weird because, like, they, I don't know if they all agreed to go on this mission, but, like, they were all assigned to this mission to work with the Cylons. Now, suddenly, they're like, we're not working with no Cylons. Yeah. It's like, dudes, you're on their base ship. Come on. Yeah. Also, like, what, like, how do you expect to to do this? There's, like, 12 Vipers. You think 12 Vipers are going to fight off a, like, fleet of base stars and destroy a... You know, the resurrection hub by themselves? Has no, it's not going to happen. Adama never told them that teamwork makes a dream work. There's no way Hilo hasn't. There's no way <laughs> Hilo in hell. 100% has. Hilo's got that up on a whiteboard. Guaranteed. So, so <laughs> yeah, uh, right. So, and, and then they're like, the, they get like real specifically shitty about things too. And when Hilo's like, you know, they're going to be, t- you know, your Viper's going to be towed with cables behind the heavy raiders and then we're going to rig them with explosives. Like, I don't think you need explosives to like release a cable, but whatever. Uh, That's cool. Though. They're going to be rigged with explosives to to detach the cable, and um, 
you know, and then you'll be set free. And then someone's like, yeah, but we control that, right? And he was like, no, the Cylons control that. And they're just like, no, I don't like that. Like, fucking, they're going to fucking they're gonna slam on the brakes and pancake us. Or yeah. something, something they're going to brake check us. And then, then our insurance is going to go up. Like, shut <laughs> the fuck up. It totally will. Um, uh, but they get out there. I do, I do take issue with the, the cable being detached at the Raider side. Cause now the Viper's just going to have cables flopping around on the front of them. Agreed. <laughs> uh, there's also a, a shitty remark where, you know, that they're talking about, you know, trusting the, the, the Raiders and, you know, someone says, you know, the, the Raiders, the, they're, they're heavy Raiders. They're going to be piloted by these Cylons. They know their, their ships, just like, you know, yours. And someone's like, is there a tiny pilot inside of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Which and then there's that. Does give me a really fascinating mental image of recursive silent pilots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's <laughs> it's just silence all, all the way down. Yeah. And then and then there's like this this bit where, uh, you know, Hilo's like, you know, their their pilots are just as good as you. And one of them's like, yeah. Well, the you know, fifteen raiders I took out say otherwise, and gets mm. in like in in a six's face, and it's like, dude. Chili like, roll. Six should have been like, well, the all of humanity we wiped out say yeah. other otherwise. If, if we're if we're keeping score, Cylons uh, <laughs> are winning. Which <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, this is this is the perfect opportunity for humanity to to even that though. Um, and the, the one of the Cylons, I, I think it's Sharon, makes the the great point that like, look, we're here helping you take out our resurrection hub. Once that's gone, every single one of us dies just the same as you. Yep. So yep. you you can trust us or not, but we're putting our lives on the line for this just as much as you are. And uh, like, like, yeah, rousing speech just before the mission. Woo! Check. <laughs> uh, and it's very good. It is very good. very good. And you know what? The the pilots are still shitty, but they they do it anyway, and it works. It works. the The FTL drive on the Resurrection Hub is apparently just like a giant like radar antenna <laughs> sticking prominently off. Now, you can't really say the top or bottom because they're up and down in space. But what in, in the axis we're presented with uh, appears to be either the top or bottom. Mm-hmm. Just just blast that right off. Mm-hmm. It's like just just gone. It's like just gone. No more FTL. Uh, and so. Uh, Hilo and the eight, not really Sharon, eight not Thena. really Athena, uh, Athena-ish. Eight Athena. Uh, eight Athena. Uh, they they go. They they complete their mission. They they find Deanna having freshly killed uh, Cavill and pulled herself up out of the goo and, and toweled down a little bit. Uh, they get the terry her cloth robe. Yep. Mm. They get her off of that ship and. Uh, back to uh, back to the president, just like they, just like Hilo promised. Although uh, Sharon's real disappointed, you know, she's not mad, but she's real disappointed mm-hmm. in Hilo for uh, for betraying the trust like that. And then, of course, Hilo gives the old "I'm just taking orders" or "I'm just following yeah. orders," uh, you know, defense. And he's like, "Listen, I don't like this, but it's my they're my orders." Like, yep, yeah, his. One of the things that I typically love about Hilo is that he does want mostly to keep... I shouldn't say that I love that he wants to keep peace, because in this show, that's not necessarily a good thing. But that he is, like, 
doing his best to sort of like keep things even yeah. and whatever. But this is an example, though I don't know what I would have preferred him to do in this sense, in this case. Well, but either way, like whether this was the quote unquote right thing to do or not, this is the thing he was going to do. So it's like a little, uh, you know. I, I think this whole plot point is is really interesting because even though the Cylons and the humans at this point are working together for a common goal, they're still they still very much have this us versus them mentality mm -hmm. where they have completely villainized the 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 others. Mm -hmm. um, like Laura herself is even like when he was like, listen, that's not the agreement we had. And she's like, yeah, but you know, that's exactly what they would do if they had the chance. So we're going to do it first. Yeah. And like, it's just like, come on. You're all, you're all trying to do the same thing. Just chill. Well, and who is it? Who is she talking to in that moment? I'm sorry, because whoever it is kind of disagree. Oh, right, right. And he was like, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Which I love. Yeah. But, like, but Hilo's, Hilo's a good soldier boy, and he ultimately takes his orders anyway. No, Hilo. I found the line that you were referencing earlier, Andrea, um, where um, Elosha says something to the extent of, you know, people's only as strong as the body of its leader. And Rosalind's like, if I, if I follow that thought, are you saying that humanity died because I died? Mm -hmm. You know, I got to say, if you're my subconscious, I got to say, you're a little full of myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That was a That's very good. So good. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Losha didn't stay. It uh, says, uh, humanity didn't die because you did. The ancients, they got a lot of things wrong because it's, I guess that was a, you know, an ancient saying. Mm -hmm. Like the body of the people is not the same as the body of its leader, but the soul and the spirit might be. That's very good. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, kind of that more of like chiseling away at that hard exterior and like teaching her. You, you've got to learn to, to let some of this go, to let mm -hmm. people in and to, to love. And uh, Alosha says there, there are a lot of people. Or no, she says, Rosalind says, there, there are people who have uh, far greater sins than mine. To which Alosha says, you're thinking of Gaius Baltar. And that's... Uh, Probably true. Mm hmm Gaius fracking Baltar. Frackin <laughs> Speaking of Gaius Baltar. So, the whole time this battle's going on, this, like, big epic battle, uh, Baltar is having himself a little aside chat with one of the centurions, and he's like, you know, it's really just a shame how they treat you. Uh, you know about God, though, right? They told you about God, didn't they? Oh, they didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. He, he just starts like doing the same stuff he's been doing back on uh, on Galactica, you know, over the wireless. He's, he's just you know preaching to the Cylon, and you just see the Cylon's head just tilting towards him, like, oh, huh? And he'd be like, "No, I'm not saying that you're you're slaves, but." Have you seen how they treat you in the silence? Head tilts a little bit more. And like there's there's already an active silence of war going on between <laughs> Baltar's you know, trying the, to start a different, another one. Different models. Uh, but Baltar is just help. stirring shit up even more with the Centurions. All he I, needs is I a wonder... captive audience. Like he just yeah. can't help himself. He's got one person, quote unquote, there to listen, and off he goes. I really wonder what his his motivation here is because as we know, almost always he has, he has one of two motivations, which is either get laid or self-preservation. Those are his two motivating things. And I know he's not trying to sleep with the centurion. At least I hope not. Well, hold on, hold on. 
maybe he is. Um, does he think there's a lady in there? Is that what he's, um, anyway, uh, or, I mean, I've already said that the centurion's got hips for days. That's oh right. yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> for right. Sure. Um, also but, just because we haven't seen Baltar have sex with anyone other than women doesn't mean he wouldn't. We just haven't. Oh, you're, you're right. I'm making assumptions. You're absolutely right. Although then um, again, I think if he. I'm just going to assume it has more to do with the time period of the show than Baltar's own proclivities. Yeah. My guess is a now, Baltar he, in 2020 would be. But but here's a Baltar in 2020 would fuck anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, anyway, the, the. But the. So I wonder what Baltar's motivations are here. Like, because obviously there's some he's he thinks this is somehow going to help preserve himself. And I'm not sure how that I, I at this point, I genuinely forget how the show plays out. I know, you know, how it ends, but I forget how we get there. And so I'm genuinely curious as to like what he's like, what his angle is here. But I also kind of want to believe that the centurion's cocking his head like, is this guy fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> the way he goes into it, though, he just kind of like he, he like, I know when I'm not wanted and like storms out of the room and then just casually so saunters up. And he's like, I can see a real hierarchy around here. And I have to tell you. You're on the lower end of the scale, my friend, which is odd. What do you think about the Cylon God? They told you about God, didn't they? (laughs) And that he just kind of keeps going through this. And I I just, I love it. I love it. It it really, the, it it almost feels like he has no plan. There are, he just starts talking. And then like the more he, he, the more he talks, the, the, the more he can't stop himself. He's just, you yeah, know, sometimes it feels like Baltar talks himself into the motivation for doing the thing <laughs> yes. after he's already started it. He's like, this will get somewhere that'll be useful for me. And I'll, I have, I'll figure out a way to make this work for me somehow, yeah. yeah. I've got a new theory for the end game of the show with Gaius Baltar, but I think... Ooh, it, hold that for the end okay. of the episode. Um, so, Baltar is like the the um, the bad direction the doctor could have gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so... Th- this this little scene in particular where he's like, well, I can see I'm not wanted and walks out all dramatic and then st- goes, I'm going to stir up some shit mm-hmm. is I it. Do y'all, do y'all watch the original Lost in Space from the 60s? Uh, some, but I don't remember any of it. Oh, uh, OK. So the 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 Dr. Smith um, in that original Lost in Space, uh, w- it, this is like right out of his playbook of like being overly dramatic and no one gives a shit. So he goes to like stir up some shit and cause trouble just, uh, and yes. ju- just because he's bored or just because no one's paying attention to him. Right. And so it, it like this scene in particular, I felt like the writers were like inspired by, and I, I have no idea, no way to back this up, but it just feels like they were inspired by the, the Dr. Smith and the original uh, lost in space from the sixties. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So mm-hmm. uh, listeners, if you've seen the original lost in space in the sixties, uh, tweet at us at, uh, whatever our Twitter handle is. And uh, SecCon, the number one podcast. Speaking of um, Mr. Spider Clown, uh, I know that you two don't, don't pay as close attention to our Twitter as I do, has caught up to the episode where we um, shouted them out. Oh. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Yes. And it was uh, left us a very lovely um, comment on our on one of our, or maybe, yeah, not left us a comment. It's not Facebook, but you know what I mean. And so. Um, yes. Give us a tweet. Yeah, he's uh, catching up to, to where we are now, too, which I love. So happy that Yay. he stuck around through all of our nonsense. Yeah. Well, here, now he Me gets too. another shout out, Mr. Spider Clown. Thank mm-hmm, you so much for right. listening and, and for, for tweeting at us and. Yeah. And your and name still you terrifies me. But yep. <laughs> And if you do this every time you catch up with us, every t- we'll we'll shout you out every time, although you don't have much longer because we're Yeah, you better hurry up. Uh Oof. I found the one of the best lines in the, the episode and it immediately follows up the the moment you said earlier mm-hmm. where uh Rosin's like, you know, don't you think they would do the same thing? And mm-hmm. he was like, No, I don't think so. He's like, Not the Sharons, you know, the eights. And Rosalind wow. just without skipping a beat, Captain, you are not married to the entire production line. <laughs> Which is but true, but also <laughs> but also it's kind of not. Mm-hmm. It, he kinda is. Yeah. yeah. Especially if we just learn that the one he's talking to now essentially is Athena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Hilo's going to join the Cylons. I'd be all right with it. Me too. Um, so, as Baltar's talking to his new big metal friend, Kayla's making a face. I just... He's going to have a... Hear him. <laughs> oh, boy! <laughs> You know what? I just, if anybody. That was a a three out of 10. Hila would be. I'll take it. Yeah, you got to I mean, take what you can get at this point, you know? Uh, Nine o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, Yeah. I want this spinoff that is Hilo and his, uh, like, Athena and Athena-ish and however many others have access in some, like, kooky sitcom. It's like, instead of My Three Dads, it's like My Five My Three eights. Wives. Yeah, exactly. My, my wives. Five yeah. Eights. Oh, that's perfect. Um, and, uh, and, and Hilo. I think he'd be a great um, poly husband. I'll bet he'd be, like, just oh, yeah. very keyed in. and You know he would. Mm-hmm. He'd be very at- attentive to all of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, all their, needs, want to keep the peace. all their needs are going to be pretty <laughs> similar, so it's not like he has to adjust. Anyway. That's um, a really good point. <laughs> so as, as Baltar is talking to his big metal friend, uh, the base star gets hit. Yeah. And Baltar gets hit pretty bad right in the gut. Yeah. Yeah, he gets big big old gashes across, uh, his, across his stomach. In his yeah. hide, as Cottle would say. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love that she says so that. Good. So good. Uh, yeah, so so Rosalind helps get get him up onto a uh, onto a table and finds a, a first aid kit to to try to you know bandage him up. Sticks and, him with some morpha. Yeah, which he loves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know she she gets a you know, big old bandage and tapes it over him. She jabs him with some morpha, and he's just like you know I I I used to be filled with this crippling guilt, and now it's just it's gone. And she's like, what was your guilt about, <laughs> Mr. Baltar? <laughs> and, and he confesses. Yeah, he he tells her that he, he gave up the, the codes, but you know, he didn't know. He had, he had you know, fallen in love with a woman, and he just he didn't know what he was doing. But like now he's just he's let it all go. He's learned to forgive himself. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, just, I, I love how convenient it is that Baltar has found it in his heart to forgive himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real struggle. He was really... I mean, it, 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 to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, 
it can be hard to forgive yourself sometimes. Yeah, it can, absolutely. I, but I think a Baltar, of all people, didn't need a huge push. <laughs> okay, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, and you see as he's making this confession, the president's face getting <laughs> oh, angrier oh, and angrier. She is shaking with rage. Mm-hmm. And this is... In in her reality, this is very closely after uh, Alosha basically all but told her, "You need to learn to love Gaius Baltar," right. and she's staring at him, you know, bleeding, you know, his, his bandage covered in blood, already soaked, and you know, she sees the blood dripping down on the sides of the table. She looks back and forth between the blood and him, oh, and then she up. rips the bandage oh, off. That hold move. up, hold up. Are hold we just going to gloss yeah. right over the Jesus imagery here? Oh, with the Man. in his side and yeah, because because he's yeah. he's laying on the table, his arms are spread wide, his palms are pu- like pulling up with blood, you know the 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 gash in his side. Like he, they could not be more clear that they want us to think that he's Jesus, right? And they've given it to yeah. us. This isn't even the first time we've been presented no. with an image no. like this. Yeah, yeah, yep. And she she pulls off the the bandage and. He's just like begging, please don't do this to me. Mm. You know, he he can't move. He's yeah. in, he's you know, he was in so much pain, and now he's just high kind as of knocked fuck. out by the morphine. Mm-hmm. High as hell, um, and she's just watching the the blood come Oof. out. And uh, I, I forget exactly what is whether it's another vision or if it's. Uh, like I think it's the, a Losha. Kind of she comes. She like reinforces what she said earlier. It's like pretty direct. Like, oh, it's the the time that like she she has the vision and she sees the the Roslin in sickbay die yeah. and she sees you know the admiral just like oh he oh says I'm not going to be he's, selfish anymore you can rest you you <gasps> go you rest now I'm not going to be selfish anymore oh, so oh sad. my god my heart I know oh, um, I'm going to cry again yeah and she sees that and then. Uh, a, you know, another explosion to the ship kind of rocks her out of it. And she's like, oh, my God, what have I done? And, mm-hmm. like, she grabs more bandage and she's trying to stop the bleeding. And she just, like, you know, gives him a transfusion. And she's just, like, panically, like, I'm sorry, doctor, don't die. Uh, and it's, like, just a complete 180 mm-hmm. turnaround. Mm-hmm. And, like, finally, like, it, in my opinion, like, we're finally seeing who Laura Rosin mm-hmm. really is. Yep. Without all of the the facade, without yeah. the wall that she put up, and that she really is someone who can and does care deeply, she just hasn't allowed herself mm-hmm. to. Hence the the lesson from Elosha. Um, it's also worth noting that one of the uh, one pilot in particular that was being extra shitty to the Cylons earlier that was uh, that was a man named Pike. Yeah, Pike. And uh, we already knew what happened to Pike, but. We get to see that uh, oh, right, he, right, right. he gets hit, loses control, and uh, his, uh, his FTL uh, accidentally goes off, and that sends him back to... No, it doesn't. Uh, oh. It's not an accident. So he's, he's... Oh, that's right, that's right. He's panicking, and he's like, I'm going to jump the frack oh, out of right. here. And, and yep. I forget who it is. Is like, don't you're never going to make it back to Galactica. Yep. Um, yep. Don't do right. it, don't do it. And then... He takes some shrapnel to the face, and with his last dying movement, he hits the jump button. Yeah, so that's how uh, we we come across the the uh, damaged ra- raptor by itself with the dead pike, the dead pilot in it, 
uh, floating amongst the the wreckage mm-hmm. in the previous episode. That's uh, interesting. That's how we came to be. Um, so they get Deanna back. Onto the base star, and they bring her to the president. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! To the uh, the the consternation of the the Cylons, and Deanna's like, "I'll tell you what, I ain't telling you shit until I know I'm safe. So that resurrection good. hub you just blew up. That's that's my only insurance <laughs> yeah. now. I'm alive because you need me. Yep." She's right. And she's like, you know what? This whole deception subterfuge bullshit, I would have said the same thing if you brought every Cylon here. So that's on you. I really, I forgot that Deanna's the fun, mm-hmm. like, I don't even know what the word is for her, but I really love that. She's like, so, I mean, it's great that you went through all of this, but none of you needed to. This is what I was going to yeah. do either way. So Now, before we get into the, the next part of the conversation, I am really sad that Andrew and I did not get to watch this episode together because oh I God, yes. wanted to be present for your reaction yes. to this, which I'm assuming uh, in Slack earlier, there was a message from you that just says, hey, what the fuck? And I'm assuming, that's, <laughs> I'm assuming that was this moment. Am I, am I correct? So what is the next... I don't want to say which moment that was if it's not what comes the very next. Caleb, so what are we... Take us there. Deanna says, uh, you went through a lot of trouble to bring me here, deceiving your so-called allies. I suppose you've got some questions for me. No. And uh, Rosalyn says, yes, I do. I'd like to talk about the five Cylons in my fleet. And she's like, oh, you know about the final five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, but you don't know that you're one of them? <laughs> Was that when was that when you sent that message? No, I think the hey what the fuck came before that. I think actually that was when um uh Rosalind was I thought she was gonna let Baltar bleed out oh, when she pulls yeah. the bandage up. Yeah. Because it did she, look like he was gonna die. It did, oh, yeah. I, I really thought and like it's another one of those moments where it would have been a not satisfying ending for him, but one that made sense. In, yeah. in this show, and they're really good at setting us up for those. So I was prepared, especially for my theory that's that will come at the end of the episode. Um, no, because, oh, because Deanna couldn't keep her face straight long enough. Like, I was with her when she said that. I was like, what a cool way to reveal this. But mm-hmm. by the time, like, I didn't even get to think through that enough before she was already cracking. But it, it also like, doesn't mean face. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. No, I'm not giving you any names. <laughs> yeah, she didn't say that Rosalind isn't one of the five. Like mm-hmm. she, all she said was like, I, yeah, like she could still end up being one of the final five. We don't know. So funny. She also uh, makes it a point to uh, to note that she is now the only three left in the universe. So she she's as human as anybody. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy that this happened this early, that it's gone, right? Like, as far mm-hmm. as we know. Or is it? Resurrection right, is but as far, over. Right, as far as we know, though, unless yeah. there's some sort of fail-safe that none of us know about that the Cylons are keeping hidden for some reason, though I don't know. The fail-safe's from Destiny. Who's that? Destiny. What? Which Cylon is Destiny? I'll tell you who the final five are. When you take me back to your fleet. <laughs> yep. Smart. She uh, comes, man, she works that plan out quick. Like, for someone who's been boxed for so long, she really uh, yeah, she, like she did just, like, w- essentially wake up from a coma, and mm-hmm. she is, like, fucking on it. Yeah, it's impressive. 
Um, which actually kind of makes me wonder if when a model is boxed, are they still conscious? Like, I would assume not. I would assume not too, but like, anyway, um, they're just, I have no, yeah, I have no reason to believe that they are. Um, I'm just thinking how much that would suck if you were like completely conscious, but just couldn't interact with anything or like communicate Locked with anything. Syndrome, yeah, no. Yeah, that would be fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we head back to the rendezvous point. Did I miss there's a, did I miss well, the, there's a little bit more. Okay. Um, I forget who uh, who she's talking to in this scene, but. Uh, I think it, it's during another one of the visions because I think a few of them kind of come rapid mm-hmm. fire here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, she she accuses Elosha of lying to her, and Elosha's like, "Did I?" She says, "I thought I was earning humanity's yeah. right to survive." And Elosha responds, "It's not a vending machine, Laura. You don't save a life, then cue the celestial trumpets. Here's the way to Earth." Because mm-hmm. she had just yeah, just yeah. was going to let Balzhar die, and then you know yeah. decided to save him. Uh, and they, they jump again, and uh, it looks just like disorienting, isn't it? And uh, Rosalind's like, yeah, I like it. I'm used to it. Every jump brings us a little closer to home. Galactica, my home. No. Maybe there's something there for me. <sighs> and Alosha says, maybe even closer. <laughs> How does Alosha As they know? jump almost immediately on top of... The uh, the admiral's uh, raptor. Just as and he finishes his book, too. Just timing. as he finishes the book, and he comes aboard the base star, and they they tell each other they missed each other. And they have they hug it out. Oh, she, she says I love you, and he says it's about oh, time. Oh. <laughs> I loved so so much. Um, so very good. And we. We need to talk about who is Alosha in this. Is that was that really Alosha? Is it another one of the like head angels? Is it well, was she dying? Or were these like you know near death experiences? What was happening? Well, my my question here is what Roslyn met like it, there's Roslyn on the resurrection ship letting baltar bleed out and then there's the roslyn who's like sort of a head roslyn kind of who's like out of time like you said just kind of like mm-hmm. a lot like alosha's like um the ghost of christmas present just kind of like leading her through and that is yeah. like a sort of separate like i didn't think of her as a physical roslyn but that is yeah. the one who meets uh adama right like the so. ship that meets Adama is the empty ship that is that is with Alosha. No, it's the, no. the base star. Is it? Adama Adama's raptor comes aboard the base star. The regular it just seems yeah. so okay. It's just very like oh. It's in the big meat chamber. Oh, I I somehow missed that. Oh, that's right. I forgot to give the uh the, the content warning at the bend beginning of this episode there's a lot of meat a whole lot of meat um (laughs) well hold on this is going to be another one of those things that happens where i forget that and five episodes from now some theory i had that doesn't actually make sense in this moment proves to be true because i forgot (laughs) that there's something because i was like hold on how where did that 
Rosalind become like physical in a way that she was able to interact with Adama or is Adama also like a head version of himself because the shit with Alosha um, sort of like what felt to me as if she were projecting this reality around this yeah. version of Rosalind. Then there's also the Rosalind in the bed, like all this timey stuff happening mm-hmm. again, like going in and out of itself. The way I interpreted it is these are just visions that right. Laura's having yes. um, during the jumps uh, because she's had visions before. That's just who she yeah, is. That's how and I read it too until I thought that a physical vision that no, that, but that now that I know no, that that's not that Adama was on board, that changes things though. It, Which it makes me wonder though, because she's never seemingly never had visions during a jump before. That you know, which makes yeah. That's why I say never seemingly. Yeah. Uh, which makes these like, all the more like stand out. Mm-hmm. Like, very different. Yeah. Um. So, I I, I have a couple of possibilities that I hadn't yet um, thought about until this episode. One, first and foremost, is um, the one. Tr- <laughs> What I want so badly to be the case, and mostly because I think it would be very funny, is Gaius becoming, like, Gaius turning himself into, if my original theory, which I need to remind everybody, is humanity begins, we're far into our future, humanity begins on Earth when we arrive at Earth, but it is like a time loop kind of paradox thing where all of this has happened before, all of this again, blah, 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 blah. Um, if that's the case, I love the idea of Gaius being a prophet for himself, that he yes. like work, like talks himself, creates himself as God um, by oh, doing all cool. of this stuff that there wasn't yep. a one true God until Gaius bought into the silence idea of the one true God, which then spread the idea of the one true God, which the silence pick up because, you know, and it's another one of those, all of this before all of this again, there's no like place to point to it at the it's, beginning. It's the, it's the bootstrap paradox. <laughs> That's very good. Um, I don't know that it, I don't know this, that this show allows for that because it is a little silly um, to let Gaius do that, even though I would love it very much. Um, so I'm going to keep my eye out for that. And especially like we've said, this isn't the first time we've seen this sort of Jesus imagery. I've already made the joke of Gaius being the father, son, and the Holy Ghost. He'll need to die for that to be yes. like the literal case, even though that's not really how that works. Um, so, and in that case... I don't know what that does for my thing with the 13th Cylon, because I think in that case, then we've got, we'd have the 12 Cylons, my possible 13th, plus Gaius as the god figure, unless the god figure is also the 13th Cylon, could be both, who knows. Um, I think I want Roslyn to be the 12th Cylon, I think. Um, really? I don't know. I... Part of it is that, like, I do, I, I don't often consider her for that role. She's one that I've, I've leaned into a little less than, mm-hmm. than others. Um, I think it could be really interesting for her to be. Um, though I do still think I've said this pretty much since the beginning. I, I think if two out of three of us, of the like leaders of this, are Cylons, that that's, um. <sighs> A little like much. A, it's like a little much. It's like kind of cheating almost to like 
have that many of the Cylons hidden in our in our leadership, but it's a possibility. And I don't think that Adama is because, well, but we don't know. See, all this time stuff really fucks with us because mm-hmm. Adama having kids was tricky, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but... But yeah, my my new theory this week has more to do with with Gaius than anything else. This was a fun Uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm back, so presumably I can take his hand. Yep. You're you're back in charge. Well, what we're going to do then is uh, we're going to spool up the FTL drives and get the the, the rest of our our crew and our new Cylon friends (laughs) and the base star uh, back to the together with the fleet. And uh, get the admiral back in charge of things as they should be. It's about no time. <laughs> no, it's B- big offense. I'll, I'll be the first to admit <laughs> I should not be in charge. Uh, and uh, we're gonna see you at the rendezvous point because we know you're gonna be there. We can't live without you. Aww. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. But we'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.